0: happy friday everyone thanks as always for tuning in to the daily dose we like to bring you strategies tactics and insight to help you grow your business in any business that you're in thank god we don't have the magic man here but i am jeremy clevin the furry little animal behind the glass byron filson back for round three patrick
1: conway in the house Hey, okay. what's up my man Not much. I'm just amazed. I have twin boys at home who are three weeks old, so this whole trip has been the greatest thing of all time because I get to go to the hotel, no kids, no nothing, eight hours of uninterrupted sleep. I'm like, I don't even know what to do with myself. My eyes are so wide awake right now. It's crazy. (laughs) Hopefully your wife doesn't hear this. I'm sorry, Erica. (laughs) I know that you're grinding out at home with the boys. I love you. There you go. There you go. That's what you really meant to say. <laughs> good save. Yeah. yeah, good <laughs> save. Good save. We appreciate you. Night sleep. number one, she's like, don't tell me about how much sleep you're getting because these guys just wake up every two hours. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> I'm just, it's already habit, babe. I'm just waking up every two hours yeah, too. Yeah, yeah,
0: I'm doing it at the same time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a liar. I just promise. text me every time and we'll talk
0: or whatever you want.
1: <laughs> Call me anytime. Oh, my phone was off. Sorry.
0: Oh, man. When they start sleeping, that's the best. I was so fortunate on that front. My oldest was six weeks. My youngest was two months when they started sleeping through the night.
1: Wow. Yeah. Crazy fortunate. My three-year-old daughter started at like five months, and we thought that was pretty good, but that sounds awesome.
0: Yeah. Super fortunate on that front, because it changes everything, right? I mean, yeah. you just getting a little bit more rest, feeling re- more rested, you know? just changes the game. You can kind of handle anything they bring at you, it for is, the most part.
1: Last time, we were talking about a little bit about mindset, yeah. and when I just had my daughter, and she's three years old, and... And there were some days where I'd go to sleep and I'm like, man, I'm only going to get six hours of sleep. I feel so bad. And I would have this like negative mentality around whatever I was doing. And then the twin boys are born and it's like, all right, maybe I got four or five hours of broken sleep and I was still grinding it out and going to work and doing my thing. And I'd work a 10 hour day or whatever it was. And I was still able to get it done. And it's just like tricking your mind into getting whatever done. So it's just kind of funny. I think back before the twins and lack of sleep and how I would think, oh, I didn't get more than six hours boo-hoo and i was like all negative about it and i'm like man i can function on anything you just got to tell your mind to do it it's there crazy it's, it's amazing how that works right yeah. Wild. we were talking offline how you want to be the best yeah i think you know ever since i was like middle school days and a teacher would say hey let's go and see who can do this multiplication faster what's 12 times 12 whoever answers first wins i'd be like oh man 144 i'm better yeah <laughs> and i want to be like the best at math i wanted you know i was a good athlete i wanted to be the best basketball player i was Good to baseball, I wanted to be the best baseball player, and I just always wanted to be the best. And I had parents, which I'm sure most people did, that are like, hey, when you go, you do what your teacher says, you do what your coach says, you give it your all. I want to see A's. If I don't see an A, I want to see E forever or whatever. Right. And they're like, you just bust your ass all the time, no matter what it is. And my stepdad would always walk around as I started to get older. He's like, I don't care what you do for a job. If you're going to be a ditch digger, you better be the best damn ditch digger I've ever seen. So I was just kind of instilled in me, like, whatever I'm doing, I want to be the best. And I think kind of the mentality around real estate for me is I want to be the best that I can possibly be. For a while, I was a little bit confused because I wanted to be the best, but really I just want to be the best Patrick Conway that I can be, which I think is a, a port, an important different thing there. So Definitely. whatever I'm doing, I want to be the best Patrick Conway that I can be. I don't need to be the best because no matter what, you're always going to find somebody that's going to be a little bit better than you right. as things evolve. But whatever I'm going to do, I might as well give it my all. And I think no matter what business you're in, when you get into that real world and you get your first job, like society has given us permission to kind of be mediocre almost. It's like, just get enough done to not get in trouble and just get your job done and do the basics, come in, leave. And no one's like really busting their ass at work all the time. There's a very few select people that are. And the people that do that, man, they get the results, they get the promotion, they get accolades, they make more money. And in any kind of business that you're doing, I think that if, I go back to the kids thing all the time, because it's kind of new for me. Like I'm never ever gonna be okay with my twins or my daughter, like half-assing anything, like whatever they're doing, they're all in all the time. And when they grow up, hopefully that I can instill that message to them because whatever you're doing, you might as well give it your all. My first couple of years real estate, I was kind of confused on that too, because I was like busting my ass at work. Obviously when you're starting out your business, you really got to put in a lot of hours and i would like grind it out so hard and give everything to the business then i would go home and i was like so spent that i wasn't giving my wife uh friends or even myself any of myself i was like busting it all out at work and that was it so i think in every aspect of your life if you're going to do something you might as well be all in so i'll be all in at work when i go home i'm all in at home when i'm playing golf we were talking about golf i don't care how many times i have played or not played i'm winning that game baby (laughs) as long as i can get a handicap i have a chance yeah
0: but I have, I have that same mentality too, you know, mm-hmm. and there, I, maybe there's something, you know, obviously I, I think there's gotta be something to that, but in anything it is like we were we were joking, like you said, you know, uh, uh, you know, I play probably three times a year, but I, every time I go out, I expect to shoot, you know, in the eighties <laughs> or want to yeah. be the best, or I want to win. Like, and I've always, you know, t- tossed up the idea. Do I, do I really love winning or do I hate losing? Not quite sure which one it is. <laughs> Bad loser, good winner. I don't know. Yeah. I try to be a good, you know, good winner when I'm, fortunate enough to, to, to win. But I think we have to have that desire. I mean, you have, you have to want to be the best. You have to want to, you know, it's not to be, uh, I want to be the number one agent or whatever. I mean, but to, 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 like you said, I love that you said, I want to be the best version of myself. I want to, you know, we owe it to our clients, friends, and family to be the best version of ourselves that we can be to help deliver the best experience that we can, Mm -hmm. you know, because you might be halfway across the country but the, the, the experience that you're delivering to your clients, friends and family is all comes back to raising the game for our industry as a whole, you know? So what you're doing there, what the agent in my marketplace here in you know Phoenix or what they're doing in Washington, wherever it is, you know, uh, we owe it to ourselves, we owe it to our clients to continue to raise that game. And again, it's not to say oh, I have to be the you know, top producer or do X amount, it's to deliver a high level of experience, be the best version of yourself in this industry, whatever you're doing right? That's exactly right. Yep. And that is yep. absolutely a mindset, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely a mindset. So when you're, when you're getting into the business, you know, you know, year one, you're you're starting to, you know, get productive. You said 43 transactions in mm-hmm. your, in your first year. How do you transition? Did you, you know, I know you said you had a coach right away. Do you, do you have that business mentality operating as a business, you know, year one, getting into this? Man, I
1: didn't at all actually, to be honest with you. So remember year number one, I got a 1099 for 179 grand and I walked around and I was like, I made 179. Yeah, I didn't know anything <laughs> about a and l and expenses or anything. Right. Little did I know I only made about 80 grand, Yeah. but uh, I was all screwed up. And then year number two, I got some real coaching from the core and started doing a and l and I actually went backwards to figure out what my actual expenses were and looked at, oh man, adjusted gross income on my taxes. That's actually what I made. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Now I get it. Right. So I started turning into more of a businessman and Uh, Figuring out where expenses were and cost to acquire and what I should be spending money on what I shouldn't be spending money on and From day one. I've just been a relationship guy So if I'm gonna do a hundred deals. I'd rather have a you know a relationship with 20 people that can send me five deals Rather than having 100 individual relationships. So what I've that that mentality there is just Hey, I'm gonna gift on people. I'm gonna love on them. We're gonna go out hang out and when I do something of value for that person um, I'm going to make sure that they know what I do and what I'm looking for. So i talked on day one when we were talking about, uh, language and developing a language around whatever it is that you're trying to do. So I've developed a language where anytime I do something, so i have a client event, I have a happy hour. I go out and buy a cup of coffee for somebody. I buy a lunch for somebody. Um, I do something great in real estate for them. I give some advice on real estate. I hook them up with a vendor, whatever it is. I'll say, Hey, I'm really glad I was able to do that for you They're like, Yeah, thank you so much, man. I say, Hey, can I get a favor? And of course, you're going to be like, yes, because I just did something for them. And I'll say, here's what I need from you. I need you to commit to sending me one buyer or seller this year. Can you do that? So I love it because it's like commit. So they're really committed. Yeah. And then they know exactly what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a buyer or a seller. Like send that to me this year and then it's this year, right? Time frame. So if I do that 100 a hundred times, that's a hundred more deals for me. Right. So, and I expect, you know, they're going to say yes every time, especially if I've given them some kind of value. So I think there's a lot of people out there that do great events and fun things and do great things. And somebody will list a house and they'll get top dollar, sell it in a day. It's been a smooth transaction. They're like, here's your gift. Thanks for being a client. Okay, bye. And they don't ask enough. So, and that goes, I think I had some great success right out of the gate because I was tactful in how I was letting people know what I wanted. And I think I run into a lot of agents out there that are like, oh, it's a real estate transaction. I don't want to bother my family with that. Like they'll use me if they want to use me. And I'm like, man, you just don't understand. You got to, if you don't ask, you're not going to receive. So I correlate that to something a little bit different. I talk about, my wife is, is big time into food, food network and all this stuff. She's like a little mini chef almost. So she's joking around about opening a restaurant and being, and that's just her passion, you know, nothing. Just for fun. So I always correlate this. Like I opened up a restaurant. I like Italian food. And there's this little Italian joint down the street from my office and they have, the best meatballs I've ever had. So I can envision myself owning that restaurant and thinking that I have the best meatballs. Like I may or may not actually have the best meatball recipe, but I believe that my meatballs are best kind of goes back to being the best. Right? So if I have the best meatballs, I don't care who you are or where I see you. I could be pumping gas and kind of peek around the corner and see the other person pumping gas and be like, Hey, do you eat lunch? Do you like meatballs? You should come check out my restaurant. Yeah. And I think that as a real estate agent, we don't put ourselves out there enough and let people know what we want and what we're trying to do and why they should send us business. So I think developing a language around that and really just, you got to be tactful about it because I have seen other people that are like, hey, give me a deal, give me a deal, give me a deal. And then they're the annoying real estate agent that just asks for a deal all the time. So there's a big difference between that. So developing a comfortable language, like if I'm hanging out with somebody for an hour, two hours, whatever it is, I've got like 30 seconds or a minute throughout that whole time where I'm like, hey, I'm the type of guy that wants to see my face on the Wheaties box. You know, I always do the right thing. You know, I'm really successful in business and real estate. I'm a really good business mind and I'm only successful because of you. Can you commit to sending me one buyer or seller this year? Gotta love it. So that's what I'm always doing. And I'm always just trying to be aware of that and stay close to the leads, stay close to the people that can potentially send me leads. The other thing that I want to say on that whole deal, because some people get confused because uh, I had a, I had a, a student of mine, you know, I'm a coach in the core. So I had a student that was like, you know, i I'm trying to get in with these different groups of people. So I called on 25 architects and I talked to all of them. And I'm not really getting anywhere. And I said, well, why are you calling architects? He's like, I don't know, because I heard this other guy doing it and he had some success with it. And I said, okay, cool. So what about architecture do you like? Well, I don't really know anything about it. I just know they make money. And I was like, okay, cool. So do you have an in like, do you have a buddy or a family member or someone who does that? Well, no, not really. And he's just calling on architects because he heard somebody else doing it. Right. And it's kind of like you, have to have some kind of commonality there. Uh, and, and really, it boils down to, if I meet 10 people, no matter who they are, four years ago, I'm like, 10 people are gonna like me. If I meet 10, 10 people are gonna like me, or at least that's what I thought. I was like the guy that I want everyone to like me. I wanna do the right thing for them. And if I do that, they have to like me. Right. And as I've gone further in the career and understand things now, and I'm actually sane in the mental brain here, uh, I know that if I meet 10 people, Two or three will really like me and two or three are the quality matches that are worth going after. And two or three are the ones that I can take out to the coffees or lunches or play golf with or grab a Miller Lite with and hang out and invite them to all the events that we're doing. And those two or three, when I take that 30 seconds or minute of time and say, Hey, I need your help. Can you commit to sending me a buyer or seller? They're totally receptive and they actually want to do it. So I think that's a big difference. So the guy that was chasing the 25 architects, it's like, man, you don't even have any commonality there. So the core my coaches said hey you need to get involved in an organization like three years ago i was not in part of any organizations at all and they're like get involved in an organization go to chamber of commerce go to the chamber go to a bni event join the country club and that is just not my style i'm dressed sharp i'm suited <laughs> up and all that stuff but i'm more of like hole in the wall grab a beer hang out you know play some cornhole go play golf whatever it is right that's my thing and that just wasn't my thing i'd try to go to the chamber and i just could not get any traction there it wasn't my thing so i think everybody has a niche and a thing so i'm a part of some organizations that i rock it in san antonio actually in austin there's an organization called dixon productions they put on these awesome events uh, and it's all centered around uh, texas country music like americana singer songwriter stuff and i'm big into all different kind of music but i love that and then the trips that they put on they put on like a really big trip every quarter and i started going to these trips and i'm like a regular Like for 10 years in a row i've gone to like all these trips and All the guys over there know me. So I started sitting on the board at Dixon Productions, and it's like a a once-a-month meeting, and there's a whole bunch of people. There's like uh, 200 people that are involved in this whole production company, and uh, I am their realtor, man, because I speak their language. I go to their events. I sit on the board. I'm the only realtor in the room at that event, and that is like my chamber of commerce. The other funny thing is, I know we haven't talked about it at all. I'm from San Antonio, but as a little kid, I grew up in Chicago. So I have a huge passion for anything Cubs and Bears, I was there in Chicago when Jordan was there, so I'm a huge yeah. Spurs fan now. So I gotta let the Bulls go, <laughs> but uh, the Bears, man, I just, you know, I don't know. It's it sucks, but I'm a Bears fan. So <laughs> in not, chi- hasn't been horrible this year. There's hope this year. There's <clears throat> definitely hope. Some good defense last game, and Mitch Trubisky. And, yeah, um, I'm excited if they would actually let him throw the ball more than seven times in a game. That would be awesome. But. Uh, in San Antonio, there's a Chicago bears watching party association and there's like 250 people. And every time we're going to a different bar and there's like 50 people that show up and it's that same thing. Like I own that little group and they all do business with me. And this year I'll close eight deals so far year to date from just being a part of that group, putting on my, uh, Peyton Jersey, going down there and drinking some beer with them. And like just two Sundays ago, I was there. He's like, Hey man, I want to sell my house. I'm going to go with you. I was like, cool, man. Oh man, touchdown. Hey, what's up? And that was it. And set the appointment for Tuesday, got the listing. I mean, it's like a no brainer. So I think finding a target audience that fits your personality and your niche and understanding that when you meet with 10 people or 10 organizations or whatever that looks like, we're really just looking for those two or three people. Going back to sports analogies, the best hitters of all time hit 300. So seven times they're striking out. So I'm good with that. and And I had to be good with that. And I wasn't at first. So I'm looking for those two or three people that are quality matches out of the 10. And when I find those, I develop a language and all the time I'm hitting them as soon as i do anything of value even if it's as small as buying them a cup of coffee i'm like i need your help can you commit to sending me one buyer or seller and i think that's a big difference that i have versus some other people out there they're not asking enough and they're not you know letting the general population understand what's going on me not being a big advertisement marketing internet guy i am the internet i am the marketing so i got to go out there and put myself out there and let them know what i'm doing so
0: that's just awesome man i love it i love it i mean it's just It's, it's the things that people just don't do enough of, Mm -hmm. you know, we want to chase, you know, the, the shiny object and the online legions and this and that. And, you know, here you are a guy that's built a tremendous business, uh, you know, in his early thirties, that's not relying on all the tech and all this and that. I mean, you mentioned you don't even have a CRM. You're working from an Excel spreadsheet. Excel, baby. I love it. (laughs) You know what I mean? I love it. I mean, you know, you get this asked us all the time. We've said this on the Dose many, many times too, is, you know, the best CRM that you have is the one you're, you're going to actually use, right? Mm-hmm. And one that you're going to, you know, stay consistent with. And here we are having a guy doing 85 million a year that's working from an Excel spreadsheet. You out there can do it with anything as long as you are committed,
1: right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got my uh, list of people dialed in and it's just Excel and I utilize the tabs and I got them categorized by <laughs> evidence of success, You know, database, I've got uh, my VIPs, I've got my builder, and I've got targets. So they're on one of those lists, and I just periodically go after them consistently. And uh, I think CRMs are great and unbelievable automatic drip programs, but my philosophy has been that I am the drip program. So I'm the one that makes those calls and those touch points and those honor calls and delivers a postcard or delivers a birthday cake to them, uh, acknowledges on their on their birthday, comes out to the happy hours, like they get a drip program and the drip program is Patrick Conway.
0: All those things you just said right there, those are all deposits and value that you add into the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so before, like you mentioned, before you can be explicit with your, con- with, with your communication, before you can have a, a dialogue or, or a psychology of sales, before you can ask for the business, you're making deposits into the relationship. You're making oh, yeah. deposits into the bank account so that you can walk up there and ask for a withdrawal and not feel
1: like a cheesy salesperson just asking for business. Oh, yeah. It's almost like you uh, have to earn the right to ask first. There you There's go. some agents out there that are like, hey, I just met you. Give me a yeah, deal. Right. And I'm starving. I, I mean, need to eat. I you want to buy or sell? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think I'm just wired that way where I know that I can create this good value play or a connection and go deep with them. And then when I, when I get to a certain point where I'm like, yeah, we're deep enough. Hey, give me a deal. And I just come across like, I don't know. Some people come across cheesy and I don't know. I just have this gift where I haven't. And I think it's developing a language that I believe. Belief is a huge one too. So I come in contact with a lot of agents who are like, well, I just don't know. Like a lot of them don't believe that they are the best. Right. And they're like, well, well they're so, so, so I'll talk to agents and I'm like, if you go on a listing appointment and I go on a listing appointment, I was talking to an agent at 2 million a year. So they're doing a handful of deals. And I'm like, you go on a listing appointment. I go on a listing appointment. Who's going to win? They're like, oh, you. Yeah. Without even blinking, without even thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't even tell you who the client is. Yeah. Like, let's say it's uh, your best friend. Yeah. Who's going to win then? Well, I hope my best friend would choose me, but she'd probably choose you. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck is wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. So I was like, first of all, you got to believe your own BS. So you really have to know that, you know, If I, I told this, this individual agent, I was like, man, you could sell me down the river. you would be like, you want to use Patrick Conway? He's going to do 330 deals. You're going to be a number to him. He has a 14-person team. You're going to talk to his team. Is he even going to care? Does he care if your home sells or not? Like, I actually care about you. We have the relationship. There's no way that he is going to be more committed to selling your house than I am because I love you. And like, that, she'd win. Boom. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. I just think that some people just don't believe their BS. So I think, you know, people talk about an elevator pitch or what your unique selling proposition is. And I just think it's developing a language around believing it, whatever is great about you. Rocking and you should tell it. that to people all the time. Like, Hey, I got a meatball shop. Come eat my meatballs.
0: <laughs> I love it. On that note, it's going to lead us right into the weekend guys. Hope everyone is, uh, I know I'm, I'm intrigued, finding some value. I'm loving this. A couple more days with you, uh, coming back next week, Monday, Tuesday, guys go back as always on soundcloud.com. Search my home group, daily dose. In this case, Patrick Conway, replay the last few days, tons of nuggets, tons of value, where to start day one or how to take it to the next level. All good stuff, my man. Appreciate you because you're not sending me an invoice at $11 a minute. So I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, Byron does that though. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Uh, guys have a great day. Great weekend. Talk to you Monday. See ya. Bye.